What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another, another edition of Up in Flames. And this is, this is one of the greatest episodes I'll probably ever record for the simple fact in my lifetime. I think that this was our, the Cowboys' third, possibly fourth playoff win in my entire lifetime. I'm 27 years old. Wow. I've witnessed four playoff wins, not four playoff wins in the same season. Four playoff wins in my lifetime. That means we average a playoff win every seven years. <laughs> and we were able to pull it out. But before we get into all that, before I go on my slight little rant, it won't even be that long, I promise. I got my guy in the building, Chris LeBron, president of Off the Ball Network, the man with the plan, the man that made all of this happen, host of the Off the Ball podcast, host of the Get a Bucket podcast, and one of the greatest guests you can have when, he's, when he has the time to make a guest appearance. You always have to accept him on the show. Chris, what's going on, bro? Hey, bro, what's going on? I know we're feeling good right now, both our teams advance to the next round a lot of people doubted our teams um but uh i'm excited to hop on and, and talk football it's a good time to be a football fan right now yeah so before we get into that like we always got to start the show we'll be back right after the intro warning you are now listening to up in flames we up in flames yeah we up in flames yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Let me hear it, Lambo. We up in flames. We up in flames. We up in flames. Yeah, we up in flames. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we up in flames. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we up in flames. Hold on, uh, check this go. We up in flames. Yeah, uh, we up in, uh, yeah, yeah, we up in flames. Yeah, Woo. We up in, uh, yeah, we up in flames. We up in flames. Once again, we are back. Another edition of Up in Flames. So, as Chris said, we're both feeling really good. Um, His team won a playoff game this year. In a year that there was less expectations and more evaluation to see what the day ball era is going to look like. And instead, they're playing in the divisional round. Um, We'll talk about what that means for the Giants. I think as much good as that is, I think it could be bad. But not in the worst way. But we'll get into that in a second. But we're going to talk about my Cowboys. Chris, you can respond. I just have a couple things to say. So Dallas won the playoff game. All last week. And all day Monday, because we played on Monday night, so we had to wake up and hear all the talk shows and all the predictions solely about the Cowboys and the Bucks. That's what Monday was about. Everybody was in Tampa, especially for ESPN. Everybody was in Tampa. It was an event. You would have almost thought ESPN was hosting the Super Bowl this year. That's how big this game was, at least the lead up to it. And I'm not trying to oversell the Cowboys or the Bucks, but the brand of the Cowboys, the brand of Tampa, uh, Tom Brady, not the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Tampa Bra- Brady Bucks, is what made this game, like, that's what made it all world. That's probably what made them put it on a standalone game on Monday night. was a simple fact. It's the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones. It's Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What, what, how, how much more star power can you get than the star on the side of the helmet and the goat of all goats himself, Tom Brady? Mm-hmm. We go on the road. We, we, we're not even going to break down the game. We smack. We smack the Tampa Bay Bucks. And I've let you Bucks fans live over the past couple days. I let you Bucks fans live over the past couple of days, but we smacked y'all. But my biggest problem I had is we wake up on Tuesday. And I listen, I don't always listen to get up and first take and all that, but I just couldn't wait for all the Cowboys doubters to have to answer to that performance by Dak Prescott. And I didn't want anybody to overreact. I didn't want everybody to say Dak Prescott is now Patrick Mahomes territory. That I didn't want. But what I did want was a little bit of respect put on his name. The same people. And I I took into account, especially these national media people, people in the chat, the same people that picked Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks to beat the Dallas Cowboys now backtracked and was like, oh, but let's see how you look against San Francisco because now all of a sudden we're throwing in the fact that the Bucks are eight and nine. Now it doesn't matter. We're going to change the narrative and talk about how cooked Tom Brady is as opposed to how great Dallas played. Instead of giving Dallas credit for maybe they're the reason why they, why Tom Brady looked cooked, there was nothing he could do against that pass rush. And that's okay. There's a lot of teams that would have beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I'm not priding like we beat a team that we shouldn't have beat. We should have beat them. But going into the game, Chris, I'm a Cowboys fan in January. 
You only get but so excited until it's over with or until we put the game away, which people wanted to panic when Julio Jones scored the touchdown and it was 24 to seven. It was like, <laughs> starts. Oh, I, and I was like, no, they just finally got something. We're going to, we weren't going to shut out the bucks. We were going to give one up and we gave one up and ultimately they scored another touchdown. But after what the first four drives, two offensive drives from both teams after that, and Dallas scored and stopped Tampa, the game seemed like it was never going to be close because Dallas scored again, and you started seeing the bad luck shake a little bit. They're scoring touchdowns, and the kicker's missing every extra point. So you're up 18-0 instead of being up 21-0, and you're like, this is Dallas right here. Even mm-hmm. as a Cowboys fan, you're like, no matter how great we play, there's got to be something that makes you think it's going to fall apart at some point. By midway through the third quarter, I was like, the game's over. Like they, They're not coming back. They have mm-hmm. not played good enough to just flip a switch. Our pass rush killed Tom Brady enough. There was just no flip, no switch that they were going to flip. But I just had to get that off as far as like, oh, now everything has to be proven against San Francisco. Do we do we need to prove some things? Yes. If if Will it help Dak if he wins this game on Sunday night? 100%. Do you start changing the conversation about the Cowboys, at least for this year? 100%. We're not saying if they win this game, they're a dynasty, but it changes the narrative a little bit. They were able to get over the hump. First NFC championship appearance since the 90s. Like, all that could possibly happen under Dak Prescott, which would then answer a lot of questions. But Dak answered, to me, a lot of questions on Sunday. And I told you before the show, Dak on, Dak's played a four playoff games, so not a big sample size. But in three of those four games, he played really good. Only last year against San Francisco is where you could point and be like, Dak had a bad performance in the playoffs. Other than that, and really he played five because he's won. He, he's went three in the first round in advance. So, so he'll be on like, what would this be, his fifth or sixth? He's played four at least, but he's never played bad. Like when the Cowboys have lost, except last year, he didn't really play good um, and still put his team in position to possibly win. A lot of things happen and bonehead moves at the end. But either way, Dak is not a bad playoff performer. It's just the Cowboys or Cowboy. You're The Cowboys in January, we know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So... Chris, what did you think about the game? You don't even have to go in detail. Just what you think about the Cowboys? Like, were they impressive? Did they impress you? Did they surprise you how good they played? It wasn't surprising. I mean, I think the only reason why people were skeptical about the Cowboys is because it's the Cowboys in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. you know, and just that narrative. And then you're playing against Tom Brady. And regardless of, how good, how good or bad they've been this season, and for the most part, the Bucks were underwhelming this year. One of the most, one of the more disappointing teams in the NFL, regardless. Even though they won the division, you, you were like, okay, it's still Tom Brady. It's the Cowboys aura. The last twenty five years of of choking in the playoffs. That would be the only reason why people would pick Tampa Bay, in my opinion. But if we're just talking X's and O's, Cowboys are a better team. All around, one hundred percent football team. Offensive line is better. The run game's better. Defensive line's better. Secondary, everything's better. Like the matchup, just on paper, like you're like Dallas should win this by, you know, whatever the spread was. They should, they should win that um, seven and a half, ten point. They should win by double digits. They should. They're just a better football team, and we saw that early on, and it showed it. And even when Tampa scored that touchdown, and and you saw the tweets, and people were like. Here we go. And it's like, I, I, and I'm, I'm a, you know me, I'm a big Tom Brady fan. I love Tom Brady. Even I was like, this, this doesn't have that feel of like, oh, wow, Tom, Tom could get this team back. It never had that feel. It was um, more like, oh, they're just not going to get shut out. Like to me, yeah. that sound was more like, okay, at least we're not getting shut out today. But it's just like, cause we've seen Tom do this before. So like, it doesn't matter at any point in the game. He scores a touchdown. It's just people are just gonna have like, oh, is this is this the Falcons? Because we've seen it, you know. Is what you know. We saw that. We saw him come back. But this was this never had that feel. We because we we knew their play calling. Like, um, they just weren't gonna they weren't gonna follow that game plan of just like throw the ball and you know give 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 Tampa Bay a chance to come back. They they did the right. They ran the ball, some short passes and all that. And now that, and they were able to capitalize it and they dominate on all aspects. You know, they were the run game of Tampa Bay has been non existent all year and they continued that. Um, so they, Tom Brady had to throw the ball, what, a billion times? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll, I'll take those chances. And that's what that was the game plan. And they did, they got to Tom 
they got in Fiji and all that, and, and it was just you know good good offensive uh, game calling and um, you know uh, who's the defensive coordinator again? You guys defensive coordinator again? Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. I mean, I know people sour on him because of what happened in Atlanta and and like how he went about that Super Bowl because. Imagine if they did win that, how people's perception of him changes. He would be the defensive coordinator in Dallas. He, he, he would not be the defense coordinator. He probably still is because that buys you. Winning a Super Bowl has buys you a long time. Um, so, but And I feel like he deserves another opportunity because I really thought he was a good head coach. I just think the you know management kind of messed up you know at the end with the salary cap and all that. Um, but I feel like he deserves to be a head coach because he's done a hell of a job with his defense. Mm-hmm. Hell of a job with his defense. Um, and I, I, you know, this is a different Cowboys team. This isn't the same. I don't, in my opinion, this isn't the same old Cowboys. I could joke around and all that and chat and all that and, and, and fun because I'm a Giants fan and you guys are rivals. You're going to talk but, your noise regardless. Gonna talk, no, yeah, you're going to talk. And it's all, it's all in fun and games and all that. But, like, this Cowboys team's really good. It's a really good Cowboys team. And, like, I I think Dak gets way – it comes with the territory. It's it's like being the shortstop of the Yankees. It's like yeah. being the 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 star of the, the Los Angeles Lakers. Being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys comes with a lot of scrutiny. It come, Tony Romo dealt with it. I'm sure Troy Aikman dealt with it, you know. Um, that's Troy really, Aikman was winning. He ain't deal with too too much. He didn't deal with too much, but I'm sure when they didn't win, they got on him when they because they were expected mm-hmm. to win every year. So you know that happens. You know with the Yankees, it happens. You know we haven't won since '09, and you would think we haven't won since 100 years. But it's just how those bases, those fan bases, when you used to winning, you know you expect to win every year. So like that gets probably too much, too much flack. I think he gets way too much flack. He's a there's teams that would kill to have a Dak Prescott. There was he's teams good. that would kill to have a Dak Prescott. The problem like, is he's a – to me, Dak is a very good quarterback. I've always stayed on where I feel about Dak. He's very good. He's not Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Joe Burrow. He's mm-hmm. not as talented as Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, those those top five to seven guys, like, you know, the Lamar Jackson. Like, okay, that's cool, but – my biggest thing where I felt about Dak is you can't tell me that Nick Foles can win a Super Bowl. You can't tell me that Jimmy Garoppolo can reach a Super Bowl in multiple NFC championships. You can't tell me that Minnesota can at least win a playoff game with Case Keenum. Like, there, yeah. there's so many examples. You can't tell me, and I even go back, like Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Like, there have been teams who have either won a Super Bowl or made it with mm-hmm. average to above average quarterback play. Without a superstar on the other side. Now, maybe the superstar prevailed. Mahomes beats Jimmy G in the Super Bowl. But, like, as a Dallas fan, like, you would kill to get beat like that in the Super Bowl because you haven't seen it. Like, somebody like me hasn't seen it in my lifetime. So, like, to lose like that but to reach the Super Bowl and reach a couple years later another NFC championship, like, you'll take seasons like that and then critique how you want to critique and point at the small improvements. But it just – and Dak has never done it. I understand that, but to say that he can't do it, he'll never do it, is and maybe he won't do it this year. We got a tough opponent, and we'll talk about the opponent without the Dallas factor. We'll just talk about San Francisco here a little later on on a couple different things. But it, it, it this is he he does. I don't think he has a lot to prove. It's just like the stakes are higher. Can you play like that again? And then when the stakes, if you do play like that again and you win, and the stakes are higher, can you play like that again? And eventually, like, hey, only one team can win the championship. But if we make the NFC championship or if we were to go to the Super Bowl and lose, then you can't tell me that's a bad season. People, teams who go to the Super Bowl and they lose, like, that's not, oh, we just had no success. Like, oh, so that's my thing with Dak. So we were talking about Tom Brady. And I'm not going to kill Brady on how he looks cooked. But I asked the question in the chat, and this is going to lead in, didn't get a lot of answers back, and I think that's because it's a rough conversation to have because you are talking about the greatest quarterback of all time, and you have to tread lightly on how you talk about somebody who's been so great even when their time is running out. But my only problem is, and it wouldn't be up in flames if we didn't do it, is why is it that we tread so lightly with when we start to see Tom Brady's cooked, but, boy, we don't mind laying it on a LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers and how bad they are, even though he's playing so great. 
I'm just saying. Like, we we tread lightly with Tom Brady. Think he still has that magic. Oh, LeBron's cooked. He can't do it. So, anyway, I just had to bring up LeBron. It's up in flames. That's what we do. So, but anyway. you know what? Then that, in that regards, I think it's more of LeBron chasing Jordan. And I think people are afraid that for the first time in since what? When did LeBron, when did Jordan retire? Nine, uh, 2003? 2003. Yeah. 2003, but like 98. He retired in 98. Like, the yeah, the Wizards. Business, yeah, it know. doesn't matter. He's still good, but you know, well, whatever. Um, but I think people with that, people are afraid to say, or, or or to to realize that he that he might have passed MJ. And if you think that, that's cool. I don't. I don't. Yeah, it's like not to have that debate. Like Tom Brady, like I think people have accept. Like I don't think like Joe Montana technically. Like I think most people would say he. But Joe Montana, Montana fans are that same way and won't even give up the fact but that. But it's great. not as loud as Michael Jordan fans with LeBron. Because like, Montana think, and Jordan. At the I end of the day, like that's because, why Montana ain't because Jordan. because with with Tom Brady, he's over five hundred in in Super Bowls, right? He has seven, mm-hmm. and he's lost three. Three, yeah. With LeBron, he has four, but he's lost six, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. people will look at the numbers and be like, "Well, he's lost six. There's no way he could be better than LeBron." I mean, than Jordan, where people with John Montana will be like, "Well, yeah, John Montana never lost in the Super Bowl, but." Tom Brady's been to 11, uh, has been to 10, and has won. And, and won seven. He has more and has been and to more. He has more. He's been to more, and he has three more Super Bowls, where Le- LeBron James has less championships than Michael Jordan and has, is under 500, even though we all yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, we played against. We, we understand that who we, he had to go against the Warriors and a few yeah, of them. And I, like, I, some of those teams – did not even deserve to be in the finals, but that's for an all of stuff. Yeah, but of course I understand that's the argument. Yeah, back to Brady. So Brady's probably going to play another year. We're we're going to assume right now. We're not even going to talk yeah. retirement. We're going to assume he's another year. I thought he would retire. I legit thought he was done last year. I didn't. I thought it was it when and he, he, he when he announced his retirement. When he announced his retirement, here's why I didn't think it before before every game. Tom Brady, he's got a production company. He posts a video. After every game, he posts a video. Win, loss, whatever, back to the drawing board. But he gives you, like, inside, like, and so for him to type up his retirement on his iPhone on notes, that just didn't seem like how Tom Brady would want to go out. Like, that was just me. Like, I'm like, I don't think he's really retiring. Like, it sounds good and it's cool and I would understand, but he went out a little too quiet for me to be like, like, the goat of the, the the goat of a sport or the goat of a position at the very least. And, and who's somebody who's been as great as him and has shown us this production company and the inside of it. Like he's just not going out like that. And it wasn't about the winning or losing. It was just about the way he announced his retirement. So he's not retired. I will just under the assumption, we're not going to get into what happens if he retires. We know he's a first ballot hall of famer. They'll probably let him in without having to wait. If they did that, <laughs> he have to wait. if there was ever a time there was ever a player that you just say, all right, we don't need to wait. What is it, four or five years? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah Tom, we know he's first in. ballot. We know he's getting in. So if they let him in next year and they put him on the ballot, if he were to retire. But <laughs> we're assuming he's staying. The list so far, rumors and reports and whatever, and people close to these situations or to these teams, is right now it seems like the Dolphins, the Raiders, uh, uh, Dolphins, Raiders. Well, he's supposed the- to be a Dolphin, right? That was supposed to happen. Yeah, like he was already supposed to be a Dolphin, but like, Dolphins, Raiders, and there's another team out there that none of those three teams make sense. And and Dolphins, here's why I say, like, Tom Brady, look, there's a couple of reasons why. He looked cook, cooked on Monday night, and I'm not talking about that he can't play. I think he was second in pass yards this year. So he was producing numbers, but they weren't winning. Tom Brady was the quarterback of a team that went 8-9 and nine in the worst division in football. Tom Brady was a team who... If there was anybody he could have got, it was Dallas, and he didn't do it. He didn't look good. If there was any way to take advantage of a bad season, it was against the Dallas Cowboys. He wasn't able to do it. He threw the ball 66 times. He barely completed 50% of his passes, if he even did. But I know if, if so, it was like one or two passes over where he's barely over 50%. Through what, two touchdowns? So when I look at Tom Brady, it, right, it made me raise the question. Does it matter where Tom Brady goes. And I know you're going to say, I'm going to let you say it, but there's one team that you're going to say that, yes, it would make all the sense in the world, but I have hella pushback on it because of the possibilities of what this team could look like in two weeks from now. But 
does it if if we talk about the teams on the list like the Raiders and the Dolphins, does it matter if Tom Brady goes to Miami or, or Vegas? Do you look at them as Super Bowl contenders now? Because I don't. I damn sure don't think neither of those teams are a Tom Brady away. The defense was getting lit up in Vegas and in Miami. Like they're pieces and maybe a strong draft in a Tom Brady, but I just don't see Tom Brady being able. Bro, most of the young quarterbacks are in the AFC. And all these teams are in the AFC right now. Most of the young quarterbacks are in the AFC. Like, I just don't see him. He can't move worth a lick. Their offensive line needs some work, probably a little more work than the money they got in salary cap and draft capital to work right away. You're only going to get a year or two of Tom Brady. So does it really matter what team gets Tom Brady? Like, does it really? Uh, I mean, I think for the four, like, and I, and I'm, I, we talked before, I think the 49ers are a dark horse team, depending on what happens this week, because I think with Jimmy G, like they have art. Right, so we have the three quarterbacks, right? We know it's Jimmy G um, who, you know, we've seen him go to the Super Bowl, seen him win games, but it feels like they may be capped out with him. Like there's a reason why they try to, they went after Trey Lance. And maybe they did go after Tom Brady. You know, they tried to go for mm-hmm. after Tom because they felt like, well, he didn't make the plays in the Super Bowl to help us win. We were up, and he didn't make those superstar plays from a quarterback. You need to take that next level. So, right. they, and then they decided to Trey Lance. Now, Trey Lance, we still don't know what Trey Lance is because he didn't play. And then when he played, he got hurt in you know the second game he played. So we really don't even know what Trey Lance is. Now, with Brock Purdy, it's it's. You know how much is of it? How much of it is okay? We just every everything around them is clicking. The run game's clicking. We got the tight ends. Our tight ends healthy. Our receivers are are making plays. Um, Debo, Ayuk, everyone's making plays. The defense is just helping him out, and that's why he's seven and zero as a quarterback. Whatever, six and zero, seven and zero. So, but what happens if Brock Purdy looks like a seventh round pick who was the last pick in the draft? What if he looks like Mr. Relevant next week against Dallas? Because he's going against Dallas. It's not the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> you know, it's not whoever you're playing in the regular season. You're playing the Dallas Cowboys. You're playing a real team. You know, you're playing against a really good defense, a Dan Quinn defense. And what if he looks like a rookie and he throws for 170 yards and two, three interceptions and you lose by double digits? You know, what if they're like, you know what? Forget Trey Lance, forget Jimmy G. Because we, we already we already tried to get rid of Jimmy G. The only reason he played is because Lance got hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, he there's a guy who, that we trust, and we know if we put him here, he ain't gonna make the mistakes. We don't have to worry about him not making the play because he's done it plenty of times. That's to me the idea. They have the run game he needs. Because if if you're Tom Brady and you're looking for a team, you're like okay. I can't deal what I did with the last two years with absolutely no run game. Like, I, I can't. I can't throw the ball sixty times. I am six. I am sixty-five years old. <laughs> you know, I am old. Like I need a run game so I can throw it thirty and be more productive, be more efficient as a player. I don't have to sling it. I, he still can do it, but that's not what he he can't carry like he used to. So, what better situation to go to where you got McCaffrey, you got Elijah Mitchell in the backfield. And then short passes that you have your Gronk in Kittle. That's the biggest thing. He didn't have his Gronk. Mm-hmm. When Gronk left, that lose that was a big void in the middle of the field because they tried with OJ Howard. That didn't work out. Um, who was the other guy they had? Um, um, he he was in he was hurt in and out, you know. Um, and you have your weapons outside. Um, so to me, that's an and then dump it off to your your James White is is McCaffrey. <laughs> Who's someone you can hand it off to also. So, like, it just, to me, that's the perfect fit for him. But it all depends on what happens. If they go to the Super if they win the Super Bowl, then probably this isn't going to happen. And uh, and they'll continue to rock with Brock Purdy or Trey Lance or whatever. I think it's going to be it, Brock Purdy and Lance are going to battle it out in, in camp. But if it doesn't happen and, and they get they get whooped or, or they lose by 10 or they lose because of the quarterback, TB12, I'm going to say here, will be the quarterback, starting quarterback. It's his hometown team. It's his hometown team. It's it's He loves the 49ers. I think he wanted to be a Niner. I know the herd. I think he really wanted to be a Niner, but that, I, you know, Jimmy Jimmy was there and, and you know, cap-wise and all that, but 
I think he will be the quarterback if they lose this week. He will be the starting quarterback because it's it's just a perfect fit. And so, then all you do is insert the greatest quarterback of all time who could still throw the thing, and you add him. I mean, the 49ers are Super Bowl favorite next year. So under that circumstance is the only way I see it being possible. Only that I mean it's a it's a crazy circumstance. It, it it needs a lot has to happen. But really, me, all it takes is Brock Purdy to have a bad game. But then but like what, if, but what if they lose, but Brock has a good I think this it has to be Brock Purdy looking like a seventh round last pick in the draft rookie. I don't think he's gonna that do happen. that. I, I don't, don't think, think it's gonna happen, but that's what I think it's gonna take for the 49ers to be like, okay. We we're too we're in win now mode. The 49ers are win now. That's why I think they're like they they're with the with Purdy and Lance. Like they're they're I think they tried it with Lance to try to hit lightning in the in the bottle, whatever that saying mm-hmm. is, thinking that he was gonna be Patrick Mahomes and thinking, okay, let him sit a year, year two, boom, he takes off. And I think that's what they, they were thinking and not realizing that guess what? Not everyone is Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I think every, and we talked about this with quarterbacks, like, like everyone thinks that everybody wants to have their Patrick Mahomes. Everybody wants to have the Josh Allen. Everybody's looking for that guy. And that's why we kind of see quarterbacks go so high and maybe higher than what they really should be. And like Jeff mentioned this, and this stays in my head a lot. Jeff mentioned is like, well, why don't we treat quarterbacks the same way we treat other positions? Why don't we draft them accordingly instead of over, way over? It's the one position that gets overdrafted immensely. We might see a tackle go 10 picks high. We see quarterbacks who are probably late first rounders, second rounders go top five. And we mm-hmm. just saw the Jets, Zach Wilson was not a top two pick. He, if you had taken him later in the first round, the heat on him wouldn't be as high. You are, you're allowed to develop him more, and there's no pressure. You take him two, now the pressure is immense, and now you kind of killed him before he even got to play. Regardless if he could play or not, you hurt him because now you're forced to play him, and now look what you're getting. Now you're like, well, this guy's not even our starting quarterback. So, like, everybody's trying to find that, and, like, if you're a 49ers, you're a win now mode. You traded for McCaffrey. All your, you know, Kittle is always hurt. This might, he might not have a few more. The defense, you know, this is win now mode. What's the ultimate win now quarterback that's going to be available? There ain't no one else. No Derek Carr. No, yeah. no hell. No one of that garbage. Go get Tom Brady and go win a Super Bowl next year. I get it. I... around. Like, they're in win now mode. Like, it's not building. Like, they try with Trey Lance. No, no, no. Go get Tom next year if, if things if things go south this year. I hear that. I hear that. But my thing is right now, you're in a good position with three different quarterbacks. Obviously, I think you're moving on from Jimmy G. A lot of people are going to be inquiring about his services, and he's a free agent. So now you'll have to figure out. I mean, I think this weekend could determine a lot about whether you continue on with Brock Purdy or Trey Lance kind of walks back into a starting job. But really, no matter what happens – Trey Lance is the biggest loser of all this for the simple fact, like massive loser, massive loser. Like they won. Brock Brock Purdy looked good in in his first playoff game, so we now know we have an evaluation of what he looks like in the playoffs, at, at the very least. And if he plays good against Dallas, and let's say Dallas wins, we'll just he plays good though. Like mm-hmm. we know that's two games we've seen him in the playoffs, and he looked good. Mm-hmm. And then now you're like, we have so many questions about Trey Lance, and if he comes in and they're going to be battling. I think on the field, like if you're just solely focused on who looks like the better quarterback, Trey Lance may look like the better quarterback. He's going to wow you with his talent. Mm-hmm. But Brock Purdy has shown you in the regular season and in the playoffs, like his record, if he loses to Dallas, his record, he'll have one loss on his record. He's looked mm-hmm. good and almost, he's never looked bad. I'll put it like that. Whether he looked yeah. great or really good, he never has looked bad. He's done everything that San Francisco has asked him to do to the best of his ability, and it's resulted in nothing but winning. And yep. so now Trey Lance will go into next year, and let's say they don't get Brady, and it's a quarterback battle. Trey Lance, to me, talent-wise, if I'm just looking at who's more talented, ooh, I think I could do more things with him, Trey mm-hmm. Lance is going to win that battle. But the minute he plays bad, and I'm talking – Week one, I'm talking about week one of preseason. Let them be in the Hall of Fame game, and he gets the first couple snaps, and, and nothing comes of it. They already gonna be looking to move the Purdy and let him be the week one starter of the NFL, and they lose. I don't care if they play a great team or not. Mm-hmm. If they lose, they'll be like, "This wasn't happening with Brock Purdy." Which, which, 
which because we are going to talk about your Giants for a second. I can't have a Giants fan on and not give the credit. But but I said I was going to close this out, but we all in San Francisco right now. So I got a question for you. Are we? And it has nothing to do with Dallas as opposed to it's for it's from a Dallas standpoint for me as far as analyzing my opponent and looking at what to expect and knowing that this team is really good. And but then you start. Are we sure we're not overrating the San Francisco 49ers? And I'm not saying that if you rate them correct, that you could still come away with that they're better than Dallas. But what I'm saying is they're this juggernaut. We're putting them in the Super Bowl already. It is very possible. They very well could beat Dallas and go to the Super Bowl. But are we overrating them with these kind of expectations already when really I get Brock Purdy is a great story. He's won a lot of games. He looks really good. He could shred Dallas. I do understand all that. But they've played nobody Nobody. in this win streak. The last good team they played. And I say good because at the time when they played was Kansas City and it was a loss. They go on a three game losing streak. Three or I mean they 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 went on a 10-game win streak or whatever it was. Their last loss was against the Chiefs. Bro, they haven't played nobody. Their next best team that they've played was Miami. Miami was on a bad stretch of football at that time, just getting Tua back. So it wasn't even the same Miami team. Outside of that, these are their wins since losing to the Chiefs. And I want you to name me a, a really great win because I we, we could pick it all apart, and I know you. they beat the Rams. Who cares? They beat the Chargers. We uh they were borderline a playoff team, and then we seen what happened when they get in the playoffs. So who cares? <laughs> Cardinals definitely don't care. Saints definitely don't care. Dolphins, I'll give you, I'll give you enough credit there. Thirty-five mm-hmm. to seven on the Bucks. Don't care. The, the the Cowboys did the same thing, and you're telling me it was an overrated win. Not you, but people are telling me it was an overrated win. So I'm not giving them credit there. Beat the Seahawks. All right, that's a playoff team, but we seen what happened when they played them in the playoffs. Commanders. Decent at best, and it's not a playoff team, but they were they were a team that could shock them at best. Like that could be a, that was considered a trap game. Raiders trash, and you went into overtime. The with Commanders them. game was was I think like a touchdown game, you know, for most of the for, for most of it, and then they pulled it off. A, it was a football game for yeah, for they pulled off because they were the better team. Then the Raiders, you go into overtime. The Raiders scored thirty four points on your defense because everybody's like their defense could never have gotten got. All right, Patrick Mahomes has picked their defense apart. You know who else did? Jarrett Stidham. I'm just saying. Like, mm-hmm. Jarrett Stidham put 34 points on that defense and takes them into overtime. Could be considered a trap game, fall asleep. You're going to walk out there as Jarrett Stidham starting. I get it. But the Dallas Cowboys would get killed for going into overtime with Jarrett Stidham. And then you go and you finish your season playing against the Cardinals again, and you had something to play for. So you played your starters most of the game. Are we so sure? And they look good against Seattle again. Are we sure we're not just overrating a little bit of how dominant they were against, for the most part, bad teams? Like these are top ten pick teams for most of them that they that they beat. I think, yeah, in in a, in a way, they we've kind of overrated them simply because they've been on a win streak and mm-hmm. they're doing it with the seventh round. So like that adds to the like the mystique of like the and record. I, and all that. I give them their because credit. Had this been Jimmy G, I don't think maybe we're as high. But I just think the story of Brock Purdy being the last pick in the draft adds to the to the whole, you know, them being good. And then they have looked this. Yes, there's some close games in there, but they have looked good and they're healthy. I think that's another thing is they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the biggest thing because we all know the healthiest team most likely is going to be, you know, be at the end and get to the Super Bowl. And they're healthy right now for for it's because what's the one thing we talked about with the 49ers for years? Yeah, they've Man, been injured and they lose this guy and that they guy. Kittle, they lose this guy, they lose that guy, their quarterback's hurt, running back gets hurt, Bosa's hurt, somebody's hurt, somebody's significance is hurt. There's no one of sig- I mean, obviously the quarterbacks, you know, but um but the way he's played, I think that's canceled but out. The way he's played, we can't really bring that in because he's playing good football. And but we all know how this works, right? Who's gonna what's what are 49er fans gonna say if they lose this game? Well, we had our third string quarterback. I don't think you can use the argument right now because you you were saying that you had him for these these last, you know, whatever amount of games he's played, and you played good with him, and you're talking and you're still a Super Bowl team, so you can't use that as excuse if he if he falters um, in this game. So, you know, it, it's yes, I think in a, in a way we have already. But 
you know, they're going against a Cowboys team. That's good, man. Like they, 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 they're good. And if there's someone, if there's a team that they, ha- they haven't played a team, in my opinion, defensively as good as the Cowboys. The Cowboys can make you look silly. Yes, the Cowboys can sometimes shoot themselves in the foot. We saw that in the Jacksonville game. Like it's like you know sometimes they revert back to being the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But when the Cowboys are right, they can whoop that ass. Mm-hmm. They can make you look silly on both ends of the of the line of scrimmage. So, and the 49ers are a very physical team, but the Dallas Cowboys can be very physical. Let's not underestimate how physical the Dallas Cowboys so- can be. This point and even midway, I know they the thing with the Cowboys and and I don't want to make this about the Cowboys as much 49ers, but they are playing each other is the second half of the season. A lot of the star talent kind of fell off a little bit. Dak throwing a lot of interceptions. You're not hearing Michael Parsons or Trayvon Diggs name being called on defense as much as you'd like, but they still get physical like and some other guys have stepped up like Demarcus Lawrence has played well when Michael Parsons wasn't Um, Dante Fowler Jr. has made some plays, you know, uh, our corners are. They, they at least stepped up the other day. Like, you know, they, they stepped up on Monday. Yeah, they played like, the solid. Better. Diggs did what he needed to do as expected. But, you know, so, but when I look at San Francisco, bro, I just, I know they're really good. I know that. But we're talking about them like, like they are Kansas City. Like they are Buffalo. And they, they very well could. But I think just as much as you would throw the pressure on the Cowboys and Dak this week on Sunday night, I think there's got to be that much pressure because we can't, you can't give San Francisco all this credit. Tell me they're your Super Bowl pick. They're going to run through the NFC. They're the juggernaut. They could win the Super Bowl. And then if they were to lose, turn around the next day, that, that take away some of your credibility. Cause if they turn around the next day and, and they lost on Sunday night, Monday, you're going to be like, it was a good run for Brock Purdy, but we kind of expect now all of a sudden we expected this to happen. Okay. Even though we called them juggernauts. Do I think it, do, do people who are calling them juggernauts know in the back of their mind that there is a possibility that Brock Purdy is due for a bad game? Yes, they do know that, but it hasn't happened yet. So they're key. And then, and then they know Dallas could be due for a bad performance in the playoffs. So they're holding more strong on Dallas and then they will overrate San Francisco. And then they'll say, well, Jalen hurts is banged up and, we don't know about the Giants. If the Giants were to win, that's probably best case scenario for San Francisco if they win. So they're counting out every other team and giving me other every reason why to excuse San Francisco if they were to lose to Dallas. And I think it'll be a tight game one way or the other. But if they were to lose to Dallas, they're going to give San Francisco the excuse of a seventh round pick quarterback. But then it's like, well, you know, Daniel Jones and them ain't even supposed to be here. But now y'all, now we're trying to put pressure on the Giants. So, so we'll transition into the Giants. But Daniel Jones, them ain't supposed to be here. Ah, Jalen Hurts, he's a little banged up. So we could see why Philly, Dallas is Dallas in January. How much are we going to trust them? San Francisco's the juggernaut, but then boom. So speaking of the Giants, Daniel Jones, man. Now, now I'm going to shut down anything you try and say. Daniel Jones is not better than Dak Prescott. We will not have that conversation because it would be a false leading conversation. So we are not going to do that. But Dan Jones is a good quarterback, bro. Like, what I got from this year, this whole season, this man is a good quarterback. He's good. Could he be great? I don't know. But could he be good for the rest of his career? Yes, it's a possibility. And the biggest thing with the Giants is coaching matters. If you never thought coaching matters, well, then damn it, you should have watched the Jaguars and the Giants this year and know that coaching is everything. Just like with your quarterback, so is coaching. We were so out on Daniel Jones and, you know, Danny, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Dayball wants to see, is this my guy for the future? Because now that I took this job, I never drafted him. I don't want my job to be attached to this guy, so I'm going to give him a year. They even brought in Tyrod Taylor for the possibilities of if I bench Daniel Jones, I have an adequate quarterback that could at least produce enough to win me a couple games to not have me go 1-16. in This was an evaluation year. Is Saquon going to be healthy? Like all the questions were about what the future is going to look like under Dayball, but no success was expected during the divisional round of the playoffs. It's got to feel good as a Giants fan. I mean, because shit, it feels we were 12 and five and it feels great that the Cowboys are in the second round. I'm I'm on a I'm on cloud nine right now because I don't get to enjoy this too often. I know you've had two Super Bowls and I understand that, but it's been a long time. Uh, this was your first playoff win since that Super Bowl win, right? Yep. And it since was the with, Super Bowl. 
it was with Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, you and me at receiver, and Walker at tight end. Like, that's who Daniel Jones had to do. Adequate offensive line, some injuries here and there, but adequate offensive line, and a really good defense. There's a lot of players on that team. They lost James Bradbury, so we was like, they're not going to be that good, and this and that, and a pretty good defense. But how how is it, like, just more so the playoff performance and just where you're at right now as opposed to this. We'll talk about the Giants in the season recap, but, you know, the playoff win on Sunday and where you're at right now going into this Philly game, like – you didn't think you'd be able to sit here. Nah. I know for a fact you didn't because we've had this conversation going before. The nah. You didn't think you'd be able to sit on this show and actually be able to talk about the Giants and their upcoming playoff game. Hell no. Until they got there. Like, now, when you got there, them beating Minnesota to me wasn't surprised because I like the Giants versus the Vikings. But I'm saying before the season, you didn't think you'd be going into the divisional round thinking you'd be talking about your Giants playing in the divisional round against Philadelphia Eagles. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Mo. What I was expecting this year was just looking like a professional football team, looking competent, being improved. I I said maybe they'd win six, seven games. That's what I was my expectations were, but I, I trusted that I for the first time I was so happy that they made they they hired Dave. I thought they finally got the right coach after Tom Coughlin. They messed up so many times. With with McAdoo and with Sherman and then Judge. that god awful the worst hire of all hires, Joe Judge. Like disaster of a hire and Joe Judge. Dayball to me, when they when they were even when they even had their candidates, I was like, I heard Dayball's name and I was like, I want him. That's who I want as the head coach of this football team. And and Joe Shane, burning Joe Shane from Buffalo too. Once they hired Shane, I was like, okay, Dayball is the guy. Buffalo, Buffalo, boom, it's gonna happen. Hired him. I just and press conferences can like press conferences are you shouldn't go off press conferences because it's usually just typical like, hey, you know, we're gonna come in and we're gonna change the culture, blah 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 blah, blah all that stuff. You know how those go. Mm-hmm. This one felt different though. It felt different, and I, I just felt like he's a dad. He's like, I got six kids. I got a whole bunch of kids, man. I'm just gonna come and we gonna we gonna just do this thing, you know. We just gonna work, you know. I, I've been, you know, I've been grinding and all that. We just gonna go in. We ain't gonna promise nothing, but we just gonna come in. I just like, oh, he's just a straight shooter. Okay, he just feels he feels like a dad. He just feels like he's one of the dudes. And in that first game, he I bought in when he said. Because the Giants were getting their rear end. They were getting their ass kicked by Tennessee. Ten, I was like, oh, man, this season could go left. You know, but they fought they fought, they fought, fought hard. They came back. And then when he went for two with Saquon, and he said, yo, Saquon, make a superstar play. He made it, And, and the, the players were all on. I was like, okay, this season might it might be better than expected. And it definitely was. And they, it starts with that, man. He believed. And then he, he got in Daniel Jones and said, Oh, do I don't care. I don't care that we declined your fifth year option. That's irrelevant because guess what? You're a starting quarterback this season. So who cares about next season or five seasons from now? You're the starting quarterback of this football team this year. You're our guy. Yeah, you, you, you got up, they got declined. Okay, you worry about that next season. But guess what? You're our quarterback. And that's what he, he just showed the belief because a lot of situations like that would be awkward. Like, hey, you know, he, you know, that's, you know, we didn't, that's not our guy and all that. And we can make it, you know, we think about Tyrod Taylor. And I thought maybe Tyrod Taylor would be um, possibly because I'm like, you know, uh, he's a solid quarterback, but it's just a belief, man. And he had this team believe him. He, he, and it shows, especially in football, you saw good that coaching. Yeah. Good coaching in football can change an organization very quick. And we've seen it years with this team. Bad coaching is hurt. And we probably unfairly criticized Daniel Jones because he didn't have the prize. Especially Joe Judge. Like he had, we have to, <laughs> we have to give this man, you know, uh, some slack because he had Joe Judge as his head coach. So like mm-hmm. two years, he had Joe Judge. Like let's, let's, uh, I'm so sorry, Daniel. They had to go through that. I mean, the minute he, he Dable was in and like, I was actually teaching good concepts and, 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 and uh, offense, he was like, "Oh my God, I got a real coach," you know. And it's just it starts with Daniel Jones changing the you know his play, and he's 
And listen, a lot of a lot of Daniel was good plays because of his legs. Like, let's be real. Like, he saved a lot because of him, which, which is, is very important and all that. You know, there's still things he needs to work on, you know, with his Yeah, he's not mechanics. polished. He's not but polished, he's, but, but he's, he's looking polished. like a, a, a above-average <laughs> NFL quarterback at the moment. He's a quarterback with a playoff win right now. He's a playoff – who has a playoff win under his belt. So, that helps his resume. That helps his paycheck because he is a free agent. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to have to figure going, out. He ain't going nowhere. And that's still another thing they have to figure out is if he truly is their guy. Because, listen, it is still a contract year. And we've seen how this goes. But, you know, and I think they still might franchise him, give him one more year, prove it again, and then we'll see what happens after that. Then we could talk extension. But I think he's, he's been, earned, it's been big. He, it's, he's, he's, he's been great. I think he's earned a three-year contract. Now, five, six, seven, throwing the $200 million at him, no. But I think he's earned that three years, 110. Um, because it's not a coincidence that Dayball comes in. All right, we declined the fifth-year option. Like you said, you come in, but it wasn't more, it was a prove it to me, but it was, I'm going to help you get there. It's not, I'm going to yeah, sit yeah. back and watch and see if you're my guy. It was, no, nah, I like you and I want to keep you, but I have to make sure that when I get my hands on you, you develop the way when I got my hands on Josh Allen, he developed. And I'm not exactly. saying he's going to be Josh Allen, but I'm just saying he's developed a quarterback. We've seen a quarterback that he had in year one and he wasn't that good, but he was constantly improving. Daniel Jones statistically was constantly improving already. So Dayball seen a guy who is getting better, but I do, I can't, we can't pick up his fifth year option. I'm attached to him for two years. If he doesn't get it, like if he, if I put my hands on him, it was a good move by them. It was that. And exactly how you said it was they, 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 they did all this as smart as you can possibly do. They declined it. But then they also said, that doesn't mean, like I mentioned, it doesn't mean you're not our guy. We believe in you. You're our guy this year. We're going to get you right. Yeah, then we need to know if you really are a guy going forward. Because if we do the option and we, and you not the guy, then we're stuck. So financially, we have to do the right thing. So well, how they handled it was absolutely perfect. I love the way they handled it because now it's like, okay, we're not. If he if he did go south and he wasn't, now you're stuck with this guy for another year for whatever amount of money, and you're screwed. Now you're like, okay, now we can evaluate you. If you good, then we talk in the off season about a contract or we franchise you or whatever, you know. But uh. He, he, he's been great. Offensive lines improved. And think about it. You mentioned before, who's starting wide receiver? Can you name starting wide receivers from the New York Giants right now? Most people can't. Yeah, well, I mean. Like, like, I know- like Isaiah Hodgins. Yeah. Isaiah. Nobody heard of Isaiah Hodgins. I mean, I, there was sometimes I'm watching the game. I'm like, yo, who's this guy? Like, Because there's so much turnaround on this team that sometimes I'm watching the t- game. I'm like, who's that guy? And the secondary, too, was another thing. Like, there's guys I'm like, oh, wait, wait. Who's that guy? Like Fabian Moreau? Like who's who? Like there's some guy. I'm like I, I can't like just secondary in the wide receiving court was just like a, a revolving door. Like new guys after week after week, but that gives them credit too for that because if this was previous years, it it would have just been insufferable and we'd be getting you know this team would just fall apart. But they didn't fall apart. And Dexter Lawrence stepped up huge. Dexter Lawrence is one of the best interior off- defensive linemen in football. You know, he 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 was he's an all pro. You know, he he was playing great football. You know, even Jalen Smith, your guy from Dallas, like little, you know, you know, the resurgence this year, because he was with us for a cup of coffee last year. Um, didn't start off the season when I found out, but I think he was in Green Bay or whatever. Um, but then mm-hmm. we, we brought him back and he's been a very serviceable, you know, backer for us and all that. And you know, injuries secondary, you know, we finally got um Dory Jackson back. You got Xavier McKinley back because, you know, um, losing those two was huge and all that. So, you know, um, you know, it, it's been fun, man. This isn't fun. Because, like I said, we've had the war. I think since we won the Super Bowl, I could be wrong, but it's us and the Jets for, like, the worst record in football during that stretch. And I think the Bucks too, until they got Tom Brady. Like, the Bucks were in that conversation. Yeah, cause but just 20- overall, like, the, us and the Jets, like, the two New York teams, you know, were the worst teams in football because of just bad management and all that. But when you finally get it right, it's crazy how you get it right. And it turns around and it's been fun watching this team this year. And I hope it's just not like how it was in 2016. Um, I know it's a completely different team because that team was more like free agency built, you know, mm-hmm. when they got like Olivia Vernon and snacks Harrison and all that. And, um, 
and and, and uh, Jack Rabbit uh, Jenkins. You know, uh, different team. That team was like trying to to get better overnight with free agency. This team's more good drafting. You know, we got we got Evan Neal. I know he had some ups and downs, but you know he's a tackle that they believe. You know, Andrew Andrew Thomas. Evan Neal at the end of the day. Yeah, and he's a right. He's playing right tackle, not playing left. He's not. You know, but and he's a Andrew, Andrew Thomas has improved leaps and bounds. You know, all another All Pro. You know, interior defensive lines getting better. Saquon, a great season, and all that. And, and like I said, with the receiving core, that's just absolute buns. But Isaiah, I got to give credit to Isaiah Hodge and even Richie James. Richie James had some moments this year where he's dropping punt returns and he's looking bad, but he made some big plays against Minnesota. Isaiah Hodgins had a big touchdown. Um, you know, Bellinger um, is a, a young tight end that could be something. You know, uh, but it feels like we're going back to the old ways of how we played football with the Giants. That help us get to two Super Bowls and all that. We got, you know, Thibodeau um, at the end. And, like, look, his energy, I know that's – and, you do, you know, you did a lot of the draft stuff covering uh, for the network um, at Draft Capital, and I can't wait for you guys to get that back up and get mm-hmm. into, you know, uh, the prospects this season. So make sure you guys check that out. But he was one of those prospects that people were, like, nitpicking because of – you know, he's more, he's outlandish, right? He's about the brand. He's about his, like, not about his money. He's a personality. personality. And like, you could see how maybe in certain locker rooms, maybe that could be a hindrance on him. But it feels like in this locker room, they embrace it. They let him know, okay, yeah, you need to, with the whole snow angels on Nick Foles, okay, maybe you, that's okay. You messed up. Live, you know, own up to it. But he probably didn't know. He didn't own up to it completely. But you know, they they told him and all. But he, we needed that injection of youth and like that. We needed that because we didn't have that for a while. You know that that guy, like he he has a lot of Michael Strahan in him, and he like, turns into a steal because he could have been the number one pick in the draft. He probably should have because he was supposed to be the number one pick. He was the number one pick in the draft until yeah. I mean he's better than Trayvon Walker. Like, I'm just yeah. it real. he was the like, number one pick in the draft pick. until the draft analysts were able to change over they nitpicked him and all that and like he didn't have he had his hips weren't they smooth. did it to Michael Parsons they did it they to Trayvon the to, to the narrative it's the narrative I think the narrative more than his his stiff hips and lack of. It was which he needs to get better. He did. He does need a, a little bit more, but he, he has gotten better at that and all that. But it was the personality because if he wasn't that personality, they the teams were were. I'm sure Jacksonville were looking at it. it's like, well, Trayvon Walker doesn't have it, half the production of him, but he doesn't. He's not as noisy. <laughs> yeah, and, and he even if he's like a tick, if he's a tick, if he's a tick down in in talent. You know he he's not as talkative and like that gap is that big and we'll take Trayvon Walker. It should have been Thibodeau. Like it should have. He was a bet. He had more production and all that. Yes, you could say well Trayvon's a hidden. He can be a has a lot of upside and all that. He played on a Georgia team that had like a billion first round picks defensively. But that but it's like okay but like I saw Trayvon do that at at Oregon. For Oregon too, like not 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 Alabama, you know we're not. There's not a lot of defensive studs coming out of Oregon. Like let's mm-hmm. be real, it's mostly offensive guys and all that. And so like I just think people overanalyze that. And like when we got him, and I told you there was two guys I wanted, right? Who the t- I wanted two guys. I wanted Evan Neal. Neal. Yep. I wanted Evan Neal. I don't want Thibodeau. And we got him. and that never. And as a Nick fan, I never get who I want in the draft. And the Giants, they always take the – they never take who I want. For the first time in years, a team took who I wanted. And guess what? Both of them have been solid. They were just pivotal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just – it's it's crazy when they get it right. And then that's why I love Joe Shane and that's why I love Dable. And I think these are the two guys that can help get us back. And I'm excited. I'm excited for this week. I'm excited for this week against the Eagles. I think we legit have a chance to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, they kicked our rear end. They kicked our ass that first matchup. Okay. But, you know, I think you could take some – even though the backups played in that last Eagles game and all that, their backups did play. They played. Their starters are playing and all that. And I think you could take some of that and be like, okay, guys, you know, if we got our guys healthy, we got that we we can compete with this team. And the Eagles kind of slumped over towards the end of the season and all that, some banged up and all that. So I think 
I know people are going to go with the Eagles, and I don't know what the spread is, and I don't even care what the spread is, but I think this is going to be a, a, a way closer football game than people are going to anticipate. Yeah, and so we're going to close it out right there. We were able to talk about my Cowboys, talk about the 49ers. Uh, didn't hit much on the Eagles, don't really care to. Um, we'll probably talk about There's them. There's a lot of pressure on them, right? you got to admit, there's pressure on the Eagles. There's 100% uh, all the pressures on the Eagles. The Giants are playing with house money at this point. they got a playoff win in the bag in Brian Dayball's first year. They already beat the odds. They're playing with house money. That's the scariest team. Um, and I know a couple people over the next couple days are going to host some shows and we'll get into like the real preview. Um, if anything, I'll launch something Saturday morning as well and just preview the Saturday games and then probably do the same thing Sunday. Um, but what I took away from this whole show was Brian Dayball. Will you marry Chris? Because it sounds like I'll he wants kids for him. He could be my he bro, I love that man. With Brian Dayball. They got it right, bro. I just love it when they do when they do things that I, you know, I don't think I know everything, but I know a little bit. And I'm like, you 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 get their draft picks right, you get the head coaching right. See what happens when you listen, you listen to me. I know something. Now, Knicks, now I just need the Knicks to listen to me a little bit, and then we could get this. We could see the Knicks, we could have been a championship team two years ago, but you know what? They don't listen to me, so that's why we're in the right. But you know, so, yeah. I know a little bit. I know a little bit. But yeah, so on that note, um, you get uh Chris, let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, follow me off the ball pod. It's where I'm most active. I got uh I buffed out a, a few shows this week, uh last mm-hmm. few weeks. Both out like five shows. Um, you know, I took like a few weeks off. Um, but uh uh bust out a bunch of shows. I got um uh get a bucket podcast probably coming out this week. We'll do one, me and Kev. Um, I got a show coming out with uh, Global Scouting. Um, we were talking, and he's one of the best uh, draft minds in, in, in the business. And uh, I'm going to have him on Saturday. Um, and we're going to talk about all things NBA draft. So that's going to be a real fun show. Check that out. We're going to dive into all the prospects and, and kind of, um, and I get his thoughts on like the, the evolution of scouting, how it's changed from, you know, and, and uh, I know Stu has is doing something with the quarterbacks, and I had an idea in my head. Where I, like, just wanted to ask scouts, like, how is the how has scouting changed over the years? How have you looked at this guy from 2007, and how have you how would you view him maybe in you know now in 2023, or you know, and just how has the mindset changed? And uh, has a player changed? Has Luca changed the way we look at players? So, gonna dive into all that, and obviously the twenty twenty three class beyond just Wemby and Scoop. We're gonna dive into more of the guys that you know we might think might be some steals. So, check that out. Go check out OffTheBallNetwork.com, OTB on the score network. Elon gave us the you know the the verification via you know eight ninety nine per month payment. So. <laughs> But it still looks cool though. I don't care what anyone says. It does look cool to look see the little blue check marks. But uh but yeah, follow us there. Make sure to follow uh all the dope got old content creators at Off the Ball Network. Um we got Nick's about to drop an article. Um that uh that should be another good one. And uh, but go to offballnetwork.com, check out the great sponsors we have, go check out uh NordVPN, go check out um SeatGeek, all the great sponsors. Go on the website and you'll see all the sponsor stuff. Click on it, helps out the, the helps us out. So appreciate you having me on, Mo. Yeah, one hundred percent. And as always, y'all know you can follow me at Mo underscore Cheese fifteen on Twitter at Up in Flames Pod on Instagram. Um, Field Stormers was not coming out this week. It'll come out next week. We kind of were re- waiting on like the Jim Harbaugh news and stuff because there's not a lot of news. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about recruiting as well. On there, some guys have made, you know, there's been some transfers that we want to talk about. There's been some guys that we're waiting on to make an announcement that we man, want to Man, that's another thing, man. Kamani McClain, he yo, he ghosted, he ghosted Miami. He's going to Colorado, that son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, so we're. You know, he was supposed to, oh, uh, this is another rant. Well, quick rant. He was, Miami went to his school. He didn't show up. And he was supposed to commit a few weeks back, right? Had the thing and all. His mama went on Twitter or whatever. He ain't signed. I'm like, you know what? And then they dropped him on the rankings big time. I'm over him. I'm over him. Go to Colorado, bro. I'm yeah, go. Him. it's one of those go to Colorado, and we'll talk about the Jaden Rashada situation. Oh, as, here's uh, another one. Go you, you left us, and you flipped to Florida, and then you realized they broke. Okay, don't come back to us because we got money now. Nah, nah. Yeah, so, real- goodbye. Goodbye. That'll be an interesting story because – um, that'll be like a lot, very, 
very uh, different takes on what NIL means because it can gain you a lot, but it can also lose you a lot when you can promise you, you're trying to cash checks. You're trying to write checks it that you can't that schools, cash. That some schools are brokies. Yeah, but I mean, thirteen million dollars <laughs> was crazy. But that, that'll crazy, be performers next week. We'll definitely talk about that. So I like it's art. Yeah, yeah like, I, but I appreciate everybody for tuning in. I appreciate everybody for listening. On that note, Up in Flames is out.